let's get started. Hello and welcome to Emma's podcast. So in today's podcast, we're going to do again a little twist because I love my twist. And this time around, I have another collaboration, but this time is with another Ricky master. It's not Christiane, it's Cindy. So hi, Cindy. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Okay. So um, we're going to be talking about how did you become a Ricky master? What was your calling? Because I'm always curious when I'm... Uh, interviewing and you know having a conversation that's what I call it it's not much an interview it's more a conversation of how did you got it started what inspired you or, or you know what was the spark or well honestly it was um, to the process of sort of walking through that dark night of the soul and as I began that healing process I was introduced to um, energy medicine and the holistic practice of using the body's energy systems in order to promote health and well-being. And I started to volunteer at a, uh, a healing circle, and it just all sort of aligned in front of me. I, de I definitely never woke up one day and said, hmm, I think I will open a Reiki studio. <laughs> So it just just by way of processing and healing that you felt the calling? Yeah, I did. And then obviously at some point, you know, once the once there was an idea that was planted, it sort of ignited and took off. And you know, it's I'm in my seventh year now and um, there have certainly been times less nowadays than there were at the very beginning where I would just think, What am I doing? I mean <laughs> what am I doing? Um, I'm selling an invisible form of energy. <laughs> People don't even understand what this is. So, um, so I would always, you know, at that point I would say to spirit, okay, spirit, if this isn't with us, if I need to step off this path or take a turn, then show that to me or increase my passion for what I'm doing. And every time I have reached out like that, my passion has been increased by just the observing of these little miracles that come across um, in, in my studio every single day. It's amazing. So um, how did you get it started as a Reiki master? Because like you said, you got an enlightenment that, you know, you had a calling, a life purpose, but how did you get started? Because I know that uh, most of us get like, what in the world is going on here? And stepping into it and doing it, it takes courage, actually. Uh, yeah, or just, I'll go insanity, or I call it insanity, just <laughs> insanity go for it. Is, yes, just, yes. I mean, sometimes when I look back on, you know, six or seven years ago, I think, I, I don't even know how I managed. I have no idea how I paid those bills every month. And, and But, you know, again, now looking back on it, I think to myself, well, each each and every time I allow spirit to work in my life, it it, it always proves to be the right decision. So, But going back to what you asked, I... Um, was one of the things I went to a spiritual center as part of my healing journey and mm -hmm. I um, really like I said started to really walk the muck um, after my second divorce and you know at I don't know 40 some years old I'm just like what am I doing because I'm so unhappy and I went to a spiritual center um, that I had been somewhat familiar with and they had a healing ministry and so I took advantage of that and then one of their um, kind of principles is if your life really sucks, you should be 
try to be of service to others mm -hmm. because it makes a huge difference and um, it can, you know, your perception is just different once you start to step into a place of being of service to others. And so um, I started to do a lot of volunteer work at the church and then also in the community. And then I eventually landed in the healing ministry sudden it just was there and um, I had the opportunity to, to learn you know Reiki 1 with the master and then we went on to Reiki 2 and then through um, just kind of the exposure to more of these holistic practices and the more natural things that we can use in order to maintain our health and well-being you know I began to meet new people and more people came into my tribe and then it always seemed like there was a Reiki person there that was ready to guide me at each step of the way. So, um, and, uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you moved from one area where you were living to where you are right now, and it must have been a journey as well to get there or even think about moving or doing something somewhere else must have been an amazing journey in the same time and like oh god I did not see this one coming <laughs> I did not see that coming that is true so I am uh, from North Minneapolis and my first studio was in Robbinstown and after a year there I knew that I wanted to uh, continue with but I didn't want to sign a lease for whatever reason just kind of uh, my intuition just said, just wait, and uh, the landlord was cool with that. And I had a conversation with a network within a networking context with the gentleman, and he said, "Have you ever, ever thought about moving your studio out west?" And I said, "No." And I carried on with my day. Nope, I had never <laughs> thought of it. <laughs> Didn't think about much. Pass me the salt. It's <laughs> yeah, like right. we're just fine. Pass me the salt. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? <laughs> it's pretty much like that. But then, you know, that same week, later that week, I had that same conversation with somebody completely different. And at that point, I had begun to align myself uh, with spirit enough to know that when that kind of stuff happens, that you, it, you it sit up and take note of it because something is trying to get your attention. And exactly. So, and that most people don't. They just ignore the signs, but they're like, with, yeah, it's like the big freight train coming your way. And like nobody wants to see it. But you at least spread attention that, okay, once, maybe a fluke, two, there is a pattern. There, there is something. Yeah. There's no coincidence. And no. So, um, actually, a client of mine, um, when I was having that second conversation, was she said, you know, where are most of your clients coming? and they were actually coming from the western suburbs and so mm -hmm. then it then when you think about that you and click. it made some sense and yep. I was um, at a point in my personal life where I was able also to move my home so I you know things again just start sort of falling together right in front and looked on Craigslist and there was a space available but you know, and I'm from the inner city now, so I'm driving out Highway 7, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> this is the other end of the world. I know. I'm going from nowhere. I'm going to Murberry. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was, um, thank goodness it was a lovely drive, because mm -hmm. it certainly did catch my attention, and it just all, it worked out. The moment. It, it just all worked out. Anything that I could have anticipated being a problem ended up being a non-problem, and that was six years ago. Five years ago. 
five years, a little over five years ago. So I've been in Excelsior for a little over five years and I've made my home out here and, um, and I call the community home and I'm generally blessed to know a lot of people in town and have that kind of small town feel. Mm -hmm. Yes, it but is. But within a, a larger context, you know, because, yep. you know, it's easy enough to get to the city if, 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 if you really want to. <laughs> Yeah, but you feel in the middle of nowhere. You feel extremely. This is why I like that area as well because you feel removed. You feel more with Mother Earth than you're feeling with the concrete jungle. Although you like 20 minutes drive from downtown, but it's still very um, small town uh, spirit, which I like very much. It is, and um, it's it's just been a, a, just this uh, really amazing adventure to mm -hmm. have completely a whole new life that is completely different than anything that I ever would have thought of yep. eight years ago. I know. Isn't it amazing to see how spirit and the universe works when you let them in your life? Because I think the most, uh, the hardest part for people is to let go of the details. Having maybe a goal like you're, you're awakening to become a Reiki master, to help people mm -hmm. was a long time coming. But when that happened, then you did not try to get control of everything, which most people do, and they bound for failure or they don't get where they need to be right away because they're creating those obstacles. But at least you listened. So oh, I listened that time, and I wish that I could do that 100% of the time. But Oh, we're human. We're a spirit having human experience. So sometimes you get cut by your outer conditions and it's automatic that you're not listening or you're, you're not willing to do it right away or you have to go back in and just like, okay, what was this? And at that time I took that decision. What was the perspective and what I learned from? But I think it's always a challenge. Well, you know, and then there are the times you go, well, this time spirit, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? They are really wrong. And they're not wrong at all. It's us who's Ever. wrong. The, yeah, the perception sometimes is wrong. I, I had that thing happening to me. I'm like, good Lord. I'm like, oh. And, but you have some time to go through the challenges. So as a Reiki master, have, um, what are you seeing the most recurring into the client? What, like in kind of healing and kind of how can we help people or... What are the biggest patterns do you see lately? Well, uh, definitely a higher percentage of clients that come to see me are suffering more from spiritual or emotional kind of um, challenges. There, I certainly have quite a few clients um, that have actual physical, you know, the, um, I work with uh, some clients that have cancer, which I'm just feel just a tremendous amount of uh, gratitude for and the honor that they give me by, you know, letting me walk this path with them is just incredible. So, um, so I do, but I do see primarily, and, and I, you know, I, five years ago, I would have said mainly women, but not always anymore. I mean, there are a significant amount of men that are, you know, I think we're all searching. Yeah. You know, we all, we, we certainly live in a culture here in the United States that um, does, is, we're not nature-based. We're not um, given um, the, any kind of education or whatever in mm -hmm. energy medicine mm -hmm. um, or any holistic practices. Yep. And we are, 
we are taught to go, 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 and you know, you need to conquer the world. Yep. Take do whatever it takes to do that, and you know, everything's in our control. And you know, I think as we get a little bit older, or sometimes life thrusts it upon us a little bit younger, but the truth is, is that there's very little in our control. But what we can control is the way we look at things, um, and by being mindful of that, mm-hmm. we can. We can certainly assist the universe in creating the best life for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are going to be things that we're going to have to face and no matter what, and pain. Mm-hmm. You know, like you mentioned earlier, we're divine souls, but we're having a human experience, so yep. that is part of the human experience. Exactly. Yes, because we all. And I, I'm repeating this. Even yesterday's, I did um, an episode. I did a. Uh, uh, freestyle, meaning I don't use any of my blogs or anything. It just came out from the universe. But the title was, how do you react to the world? Because a lot of people are not thinking of stepping back. They are reacting to it, reacting to their outer conditions, but don't understand to how to shift their mind and their thoughts process in what they're thinking. That's one of the biggest things, which, which is nice to hear that in your practice now there is men coming in because... Yes, female will, you know, search for healing, for um, finding their path. But male have a tendency to just like, no, I'm the, you know, the warrior. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this and that. And sometimes it's like, no, you need the guidance. You need the healing. You need, you need some Ricky, Ricky, like everybody else's. It's not specially for, it's not only for women. No. And in fact, um, you know, if we look at the history of these ancient practices, certainly wasn't an exclusively feminine pursuit mm-hmm. at all. And, um, I, and in fact, I see more and more male practitioners as well. And, you know, I think that's fantastic because what that does is it it becomes an inclusive healing tribe. Yes, tribe yeah. So that we, um, where there's balance between the male, the, the female and the male. Yin and yang. Yeah. 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 Really, really important. Yeah, shifting perspective is is what it's all about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because when I going back to when I was like really walking in the murk, um, I had my first uh, energy treatment. Um, kind of stumbled upon it again. No coincidence there. Yep. Stumbled upon it, and um, it wasn't. It's very seldom I think is it an experience of an epiphany but it is a subtle shifting in perspective and for myself and what gets reported back to me time and time and time again with my with clients is that it's that it's that that shift in perception yeah and that it was internal yep because nothing in my exterior life had changed yep circumstances were just the same as they were two days before yeah but something changed within me exactly where it started to feel less hopeless yep and just with that simple simple change Mm -hmm. it sort of cracks open and some sunlight streams through yep and then uh an alternative yep opportunity came along yeah and i have to tell you it was not it was not a quick journey it usually i mean (laughs) For sure, for me, I mean, <laughs> years. Me years. too. And you said years. Me, it was decades. <laughs> it was like, oh, my gosh. You had to go to all of that and just say, what? I'm like, can I get the shoulder 
lessons. But like you said, the shifting inside, because a lot of people don't understand that. It comes from within us. I remember when I was a teenager, when you say, well, you have to go look inside of yourself. I'm like, there's nothing to look inside of myself, people. What is wrong with you? But as you know, you're getting older, then you're starting to understand, yes, this is where you need to change internally when you start to change internally. Like you said, just that little glimpse, that little shift made that open the door to give you access to other opportunities and make the change that needs to be done. Yeah, because the outer condition, actually, the outer condition will never change unless you change the way you are, um, what do you call it, uh, thinking. That's all come from the thoughts, all how you behaved internally. Well, you have to remember thoughts are things. And have vibration. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I'm like, watch out your thoughts. Yeah. Watch out your thoughts. Well, right. But again, and recognizing and understanding that that human side of us is yep. going to have thoughts. Yes. It's going to have negative reactions. Yep. It's going to have erroneous beliefs mm-hmm. because that's that's why we're here. This is what we're trying to navigate through. Yeah. And 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 then create a more expansive part of us mm-hmm. as we navigate through those things. But you know, we're going to have we're, so really it's not about you know, never allowing yourself to get angry or never allowing yourself to judge. We're going to do it. Well, yeah. How, how quickly do we recognize and stop and, and move back yes. to a different place? That's yes. really what it's all about. Yes, exactly. Unless you live in Tibet in a monastery, that's probably the only option you've got to stay Zen, actually. Exactly. But we're not. And we have to deal with our outer condition. And also the way we've been conditioned and our outer condition when we're younger will and can continue to affect us and i think with the reiki which is nice it's going through the healing process and going backwards by looking at okay what triggers me what happened when i was younger that really you know was something that shouldn't never happen but happened and i keep carrying it with me from there and how to let it go myself my own adventure um, and what many of the people that I work with and speak to is that you know these these negative thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves yeah. that are really at the core of our own limitations mm-hmm. and we pick those up when we're children yes and the reason that we pick them up when we're children is because we have no control over our environment nope. when we're kids nope. and so the only frequently and I'm not, I certainly would never suggest that there aren't any functional families out there, but frequently, and even if you do, even if you are, you know, blessed enough to have that family that you felt really safe and secure, there's always some bully on the playground. Yes. There's some weird neighbor or something yes. that, you know, that <laughs> frightens you yep. or hurts yep. you mm-hmm. in an emotional way that you, um, as kids, we have no control, mm-hmm. and you know, depending upon how young we are, we have a hard time being able to understand our own emotions. Mm-hmm. Much less do we have the language to be able to communicate that yep. to a trusted adult. So I mean, I, everything's just kind of stacked against you. So what's our response? We repress and we sub- suppress feelings, and because we carry those around every time we get into another situation, 
that triggers or reminds us yes of you know how humiliated we felt or how how bewildered we were um, eventually these things you know the mind the ego plays tricks and says you know this must be you this keeps happening to you so you must be the one at fault yep and, and of course, that has nothing to do. Other people's behavior has nothing to do with us. No. It has everything to do with what they're going through. But it's, I think it's a way for the universe to bring it as back to us so we can learn our life lessons and let go mm -hmm. when things happen. And most people don't realize that because they're repeating the pattern. Even the basics one, which is dating. And I know I talked a lot about dating. And, you know, the, you're dating the same kind of people, different situation, but you have the same ending. And one day somebody come along, you don't expect, totally different. And you're like, some people will say, well, no, that's not my type. And I'm going to ignore it, but I'm going to go back to the same pattern. Yeah. Or I can take the leap of faith and just say, okay, I'm going to start to learn to know that person first and discover that, yeah, the more you know that person, the better you are with that person than you were with the other relationship. But it's always like, how do you break your pattern? How do you recognize that and be honest with your own self because I think the hardest part too is being authentic and honest when you do a full inventory that is the hardest one <laughs> self-forgiveness ah. yeah. well in your process when you were doing your healing process how hard was it for you to be honest with your own self and just realize okay I'm in the wrong place what can I do how can I change or you know do the inventory where I'm at and and be honest, truthfully honest. Maybe, you know, some people have a job they don't like, but they're still clinging to it instead than taking opportunity to uh, get another one. Or if you're in a bad relationship, you know, in a toxic relationship, it's like, well, I'm keeping because, you know, I don't want to be alone. So, but I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing good. No. I'm full of anger and resentment. But, and it's like, for and you. I start to get sick and feel yes. too because yeah. I've been unhappy for 20 years. Yeah. Um, well, my big part of my healing and self-inventory was having to face feelings of shame. Shame seemed to be huge for whatever reason for me when I was growing up. And so, um, and, and that seems to be a pattern as well with dating is um, engaging in relationships where part of the dynamic was yeah. I was I was shamed. Yep. I took the shame. Yep. I listened to the words. Mm -hmm. I took it on. Yeah. So, and, and that, um, that is, it's a devastating, and so many of us do it. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely devastating to our core being. And so, um, I would like to think that moving forward that um, I wouldn't think I would be just, I don't even think I'd have to be vigilant about not allowing that anymore it would just be i think it would immediately trigger yeah get my ire up and say yeah okay i recognize this <laughs> so off you go so uh so this is and this is not going to happen mm -hmm. in my life so yeah so i think that um so yeah a lot of the self-inventory and i and i think there's a lot of people out there that can relate to the fact that shame is big and man because that motivate a lot of really bad decisions mm -hmm. yes it does uh, yeah, if your intent is clouded by something else that is not for your highest good, you just shoot yourself in the foot over and over again. But I think the hardest part, I don't know for you, but uh, if the hardest part of it was to acknowledge and recognize that, because a lot of people won't recognize that. 
because I think they feel even more shame or whatever um, feeling they have are not worthy or whatever are not smart or whatever they've been hearing all of their lives. Um, being able to recognize and acknowledge it. I think that when it comes to really difficult feelings like that, that the reason that we don't, or it takes us so long to kind of look it in the face is because we're terrified of how bad we're going to feel. Like we literally cannot step into that place and allow ourselves to feel it. And I can say 100% from my own experience, is way easier to do that than it is to carry it around for years. Yeah, because that's a lot to carry on. That is a and lot is, to carry on your shoulder. And it's not nearly as yeah. painful yeah. as you imagine it to yep. be. Is it comfortable? No, it is not comfortable. It's never comfortable. It's never. <laughs> it's very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because I was um, the same for people who are, like you said, feeling ashamed. Being part, being a victim of a circumstances. Now, not with feeling like, oh, I'm a victim, or I'm going to carry this on my shoulder, but realizing that by the way things happen, you became a victim. And it's like, yeah, I was a victim because, and being able to go back and look in the eyes and see the pattern and see what triggered it and what was the intent at the beginning as well. Mm -hmm. And you realize that, and they said, yeah, the intent wasn't what it was supposed to be, and this is what happened. So... You know, and it's, it's funny because, you know, I have, um, we talk about uh, families of origin have a lot to do, obviously, yeah. with what we carry into adulthood. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's, the irony, of course, is that, you know, as I do my, uh, I do a lot of Reiki training and do other classes and offer a lot of stuff at the studio, but one of the questions that are, you know, usually gets asked and answered is, Anybody come from a functional family, and most people. Mine is like, totally dysfunctional, so we're good. Yeah. So and we, so many. I mean, very yeah. Very few. Very few. Very few people. Say no. That. And yet, uh, the five people that are in the class answering, "Oh no, my family was really dysfunctional," are all parents. And we're, <laughs> we're all like pretty sure we're creating the functional family. <laughs> started on so hey sorry honey you know all of my bad choices you know she got to live them too yeah you know yeah. and and uh so you know I'm always very again very grateful that when when I see younger people coming in and starting to explore these ancient these ancient beliefs and thoughts and um spiritual law because you know they're gonna you know in theory anyway they're gonna be able to you know, speak to their children differently yes. than we were spoken to. Yeah. And that, for, in my case anyways, then, then I was able, then I, in a better way than I was capable of mm -hmm. parenting when I was, you know, oh, this is, that, that, when I was in my 30s. That, that's the same thing here because the way they grew up, my parents, is children of war. So mm -hmm. that was pretty rough. And as I said, there is some few things, I was even talking on that podcast yesterday, there's a few things that I'd never understood until later on, when my father was talking about, yeah, we used to have shoes made of rubber from tires. I'm like, what is wrong with him now? And he was just talking about what he went through, but never explained it. So it's like, yeah, okay, another hoo-hoo from him. Mm -hmm. But it's like understanding later on what they went through and just like, okay, 
I'm not repeating those patterns. I cut those patterns when I was younger, but there is some that's still embedded a little bit in there because you cannot get rid of everything. But it's an eye opening as well. So being an observer and observing the entire situation helped me to walk away as a as a kid from those patterns. But it did not spare the rest of my, my sisters at all. That's it's like, okay, one figured it out, the other did not. And I'm like, okay, I made it out good. But it is tough. It is very tough when you go through the process of healing. You had the opportunity to do that. I, the, all of the things I did was on my own, actually, with the universe. We didn't have computers at that time, so we had, I had to figure it out things on my own. But it's always interesting to hear the stories as well, because becoming a Reiki master is a calling, and not everybody can do it, actually, and become a Reiki master. You can maybe become a Reiki, but there is so much stuff you have to go through every level that not a lot of people can do it. So it's amazing for me. It's kind of a blessing in one way to know two Reiki masters, actually. Um, but it's nice to hear what you're doing because in your practice, you're not, like you just said a minute ago, it's not only healing you're doing because you're teaching as well. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of, so I definitely do, you know, formal training <clears throat> to get people even up to and through a master teacher process. But I also have found that with the, with the uh, Reiki clients, um, that there is a lot of, I want to just say, coaching and supporting. Yep. As well as, I mean, it's certainly not like, okay, here you go. Have a nice day. Door. No, mm -hmm. it's not like that at all. I mean, there is a lot more, um, there's a lot more that usually come up and come up in the, the sessions and, and, you know, information that I may be receiving or whatever through my intuition or through my touch or whatever. I mean, those are things that I need to speak to with the client. In a, but, but again, being mindful of the language that I use because it's not my place to tell them what to do in their life on their path. I, yep. can, I can share my observations from an energetic place and share with them what I know about. Or the message you're receiving. About, well, yeah. Or about... You know, if I, if I sense a, a dullness in the heart chakra, we yeah. can talk about, you know, historically what might that mean. And, you know, so just, you know, think about is there any place in your life mm -hmm. where this may be happening? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for the most part, people will come back and say, you know, <laughs> I didn't realize it at the time, but. Yeah, you always, come, you, you, come, you always come later on. It's like there is so much information you provide. And even during the healing process, because just to let you know, guys, I did have a session with Cindy, and it was my vacation time for me. <laughs> Let's put it this way. There, it was just vacation time for me. It was the only time I did not have any vision or anything happening. It was just like in a cocoon. It was nice. It was very, it was very re relaxing. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go back to have more sessions with Cindy later on. But... It was great. So I understand when, you know, you go through the process of having a session done and in the same time you're providing information and it takes a while to absorb and, you know, get all of that information. And that's later on, like you said, then you come back and you go further into that conversation with you to help because this is what you do. It's helping you, the channel that receives the healing and pass it on through you to, um, to your client, which I think... We should all need a Reiki session, actually. 
personally because it's so much uh, helpful as well. It helps a lot. Well, it, you know, I always say um, to especially new clients that um, it's, you know, Reiki is definitely not a shot of morphine. It's more like an antibiotic where yeah. you just, it's kind of a process and it takes some time um, and that all you have to really do, and, and if, depending upon how sensitive um, the client is, and I'm speaking with, you know, clairvoyance or, mm -hmm. um, or empathic tendencies, yep. um, you know, sometimes people will see visions or have very vivid colors. A lot of times people will report that they feel the energy, which is great. Um, but, you know, honestly, I tell people if, if it's just 45 or 60 minutes where you're going to lie here quietly and get in touch with who you are, Yep. You know, being a safe place, like I say, in a bubble. A safe it was just like a bubble for me. It wasn't nothing else because I, uh, I was just on vacation, basically. There were nothing else, no connection with nothing, and just being bathed in that bubble and feel the energy, and that was just perfect. It was just very healing and uh, empowering, very relaxing for me. But me, I'm not dark, so don't even. <laughs> just like oh that's Emma but no but I think you know those sessions are very helpful and that's why I was like knowing more of what you have done where is your studio because we're going to talk about it in a few minutes where is your studio what do you provide as services because it's helping people so it's it's a good thing for me to have individuals like you as a Ricky master that can come and share and being able to help others because it's not easy to uh, to find a good Reiki masters. Uh, we talked with Christian about that as well. Is how do you find the right Reiki master? Um, I believe um, for myself anyway that um, people are just sort of uh, so when I put things out there to manifest, when I have an intention I want to set, it is about having the right people mm -hmm. come to me. Yeah. And, and I believe that is the case with, you know, all of us energy healers is that, you know, for, we want to do as much as we can, but I think um, we recognize that um, the connection needs to be very authentic. Yes. And, and that this is not about um, getting in the door and, um, you know, trying to sell you a thousand dollars worth of Reiki sessions. I mean, I can't, I've never met anybody, at least in this market ever done business in that way so um, I just feel really really blessed to do the to do this kind of work and I tell every one of my classes um, that you know to practice Reiki and depending on what you do with your practice um, you will if you use it undoubtedly have a positive and profound impact on the people mm -hmm. that you serve with this with this practice this art form and um, but really the biggest transformation is within the practitioner themselves because the every time I witness or bear witness to one of those little miracles and believe me they all start to add up mm -hmm. it just deepens my faith more and more in the process yep. and in the practice which makes me more confident mm -hmm. in the work that I'm doing because mm -hmm. you know I mean let's face it that human part of me, and it, and it is work that I'm doing. Yes. Um, so, but it's just, um, so 
as far as uh, having this be a career, I mean, it's, it, it is, you know, it, it comes with an, um, it comes with a responsibility of knowing that um, as energy workers that we are light leaders and that we are part of this movement that is getting stronger and stronger because, you know, uh, six years ago when I first opened the studio, I had spent, literally spent the first two years explaining to people what energy medicine was. Yep. And now uh, most people have heard of energy medicine, of yep. holistic healing, mm -hmm. and Reiki is actually one of the more identifiable yes. or visible practices. Yep. So I've been really grateful for that. But not, um, not everybody... So if you are that person that, that helps us and become part of this Reiki or this energy or this, uh, this, this movement, you are one of the people that's going to usher in a kinder, gentler world. Yes. Not just country, mm -hmm. but world. Yes. And, you know, I, and I feel that we as practitioners have that responsibility and what a gift what an honor to be able to to do that um, to be part of a global healing mm -hmm. you know and I, I and being practical I mean there are billions of souls here but being practical I don't know that I will see that in my lifetime but I like to think that my granddaughter who's 12 will live in a different world yep. than the one we live in right now yeah, and there is more healing. There is more things that are more, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to use the word spiritual, more related to the universe coming more and more. And a lot of people now, you know, 20, 30 years ago, they did not because it was old material world, everything they wanted to do. And now people are more turning into the spiritual world for healing, for there's more of an awakening of the spirit right now that has been stronger than ever than it was before, for sure. So what you are doing with the other practitioner is just, you know, studying that legacy that will continue to move on after we're gone, which will be a good thing. Well, and you know, it's interesting that you, were, you, know, that you use the word legacy because as a practitioner, like this practice that I have, um, I want it to be a legacy. Mm -hmm. When I'm done, I don't want to just shut the doors and have it be... I, I, it's got some legs of its own. It's got some momentum. And we're not talking about the business part. No, no. Yeah. Or, you know, the name mm -hmm. or the branding. But we are talking about um, a, a, new, a new and growing in industry, uh, a graceful industry. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of, you know, that's certainly something that, that we speak about in, in our business in our mm -hmm. circles too is how do we continue to how do we provide for the opportunity for the work to continue even though we for whatever reason step back or step out of it mm -hmm. you know maybe we leave the physical world and we can't we're no longer here to do the work or maybe we just have said you know maybe it's time to move it on to others pass it on Pass you it gotta on. pass it down, exactly, because yeah. the work needs to go on. Because you know, it's not about the practitioner. No, it's we about it's it's yes, it's about it's about creating um, like we uh, like like we talk about a legacy. So somebody will step in and continue what. Uh, yeah, that's what you do. You pass it on from generation to generation to continue to grow and mature 
and become what it's supposed to become. So it's basically starting the foundation, actually, and that's yeah. built, in, built on from there. So yes, your practice will be probably step in and take it over by somebody else. It could be your granddaughter, could be, you know, anyone, you never know. Could be anyone <laughs> <laughs> laughing. Cindy's like, yeah. That's exactly. Did you see the yeah. Fire? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got plans for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but that's why it's like the same thing happened to me. I already know who will take it over. I don't have children, but I already know who will get everything that I'm doing because I know it will go to somebody else's. So, it's like understanding. It's not about us. It's not about our ego. It's about what we're creating here, and that will continue from years on to just do a positive impact in this world and help other spirit and they are walking on earth and doing their growing and maturities like um, college time here in uh, in the world here we are all here to learn so but i think it's beautiful so where is your practice and the question i have for you is do you do um remote healing or not so um right now my studio is located in downtown Excelsior, so right on the lake, and it is a lovely space, um, and so grateful to be that close to the water. Um, what was the other question? That question was, do you do remote healing? Uh, well, we do, we certainly do as part of Reiki, as part of the Reiki practice, we do what's called distant healing, and mm -hmm. yes, um, you know, and there are some, uh, some principles that we we follow when we do that kind of stuff. I have not done any remote training or actual sessions. When when COVID first began, a little over a year ago, I did have a handful of clients reach out in that you know, very uncertain time. And so we did, um, just what I was able to do is do distant healing, and then we would get on Zoom or yeah, get yeah. on yeah. the phone after mm -hmm. the um so that we can still continue to have that conversation so, you, so it's it's the remote so that's yeah, yeah that's what we're talking about do you do remote so just in case because my audience is around the world so yes. just to let them know what is the name of your practice it's the rising sun reiki studio okay do you have a website i do it is MyRisingSunReiki.com. Okay. So I will add you into, because I created a kind of a hub under one of my page. So I will have your um, website linked to it so people can go in there and just hop up on your website as well if they want to know more information. Um, but I wanted to thank you because it's the first part of the conversation. We're kind of late on our hoot nanny here <laughs> with some technical challenges with my laptops. That's awesome. But we will, I would like to have you back uh, for another, for other conversations, um, maybe in a couple months if you have time so people can know more what you do and what you're about. Because as I said, it's every Reiki masters are different and different on how they do their practice and stuff like that. So I had the, the honor and the privilege to have a session with you then I absolutely love it. As I said, it was vacation time for me. No connection with nothing, which was so nice. It was just a moment of, I'm gonna call it reprieved, quote unquote. You know, you go on vacation, you don't have your cell number, you have no phone, no TV, nothing. That's exactly where I was for the time we did the session, which was beautiful. 
and to know more about what you're doing and because you're you're training people as well so um, so you're training people for uh, Reiki Master. Do you do other classes uh, related to Reiki or other classes that people can attend? Yes, right now. And they, these change a little bit. So right now I am offering a Chakras class. It's a one-day class. Could I would love to talk about them for weeks on end, but one day is what I've had to condense it to. Um, I do a six-week evening a couple hours evening called vision mystics and that's about uh, creating the life that you want to live about being stepping into and harnessing your power of manifestation nice and how does that how does what does that look like what does that really look like because most of us don't even allow ourselves the opportunity to dream mm -hmm. so that's how we it's always a really fun and amazing class and and uh just very transformative so uh, all are all of your classes listed on our website? They are. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So because I wanted to know what else you do as, you know, you do the healing, but what else? So as a great teacher, and it seems like those are pretty actually pretty fun classes, especially the one to manifesting because a lot of people don't have a clue how to do this. Yeah. So it's nice to, uh, to have sessions like that. So you can find uh, Cindy on her website, which can you say it again? For me my rising sun reiki.com perfect and guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast i will have a link on my website which is www.edgintuitive.com so if you have any questions or you need to get uh to reach cindy you will be able to uh, use my website as i said i created as a hub because i want to get all of the mindful individuals healers um, or people that can help or do something. For me, it's like I'm creating that huge hub of connection so people can network uh, and figure it out, you know, in one place is where can I find a holistic doctor or whomever can help. So that's great. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And this was a little twist on our podcast. And I hope you enjoy it. And I will talk to you later. All my love. Bye now. Bye.